And one thing that we want to improve on is our thumbnails. So we are at the uh, kind of phase one of thumbnails. What we got to do is, uh, I think we both agreed that we were going to take a lot of photos of ourselves doing multiple uh, facial reactions so we can have some nice HD um, thumbnails. But I do want to talk about uh, best thumbnails um, and how to make YouTube thumbnails. And I found a thread on Twitter by a guy named The J Alto uh, where he had tagged someone who was producing the some of the thumbnails for uh, Mr. Beast. So I shared this over with Andrew. And Andrew, I want to get your input here. I'm going to just open up these tabs. I think you're recording your screen as well. So yeah. If you want to open that up. Let's start with the Jay Atlas um, tweet talking about this. And I want you to take it away and talk about you know, your thoughts on best thumbnails. Where are we going to go with our thumbnails? So maybe people who are following along on the show. Uh, might be interested to see kind of what where we're at right now and where we're planning to take this um and just you know importance of thumbnails overall yeah there we we live in a really interesting i'm gonna gonna pause here actually and just quickly scroll on my screen here what uh, the web-friendly youtube channel looks like right now because matt this is going to serve as like a historical record because yeah this right here this is what our our thumbnails are looking like right now for this brand new show that we just launched a couple of weeks ago and uh, we acknowledge that uh, we need to raise our thumbnail game. And why is a thumbnail game so important for YouTubers and content creators? Because uh, a lot of experts will tell you that the thumbnail is responsible for like 70% of the click, right? Whereas the, because it, it, that's, the, that's the, the visual element that's drawing your eye, it stops the scroll. And then in a micro moment, a micro decision, the end user then reads the title. And, and then if they're still intrigued, if they're still interested, if they're still hooked into like hmm, learning a little bit more about what that this particular content is about, they're going to quickly glance into that time code in the bottom right corner. And if all the stars align, then the person will click because they've decided that this content, this bit of content is worth their time. And what's more valuable and important than someone's time and attention? Nothing. It's literally the most valuable asset on the planet. So there's, there's, it doesn't surprise me at all that Jay Alto, and by the way, I've been following Jay Alto and on Twitter for ages. The, uh, he does really, really great work. And, uh, and I try to keep a close eye on the, the, th the YouTube thumbnail experts out there to see what kind of best practices they're sharing with their communities and whatnot, because it's such a huge part of, of uh, succeeding on on the YouTube platform, and uh, not not only that, but the there's an important relationship aspect that we need to quickly address here too before even jumping into some of these examples. The 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 hook, the intro soundbite, that first 30, 60 seconds of a YouTube video needs to deliver on the promise that the thumbnail and the title provided. Because if it, the thumbnail is too quote clickbaity, then uh, then the reason why someone clicked, they're not they're not being satisfied that they clicked for the right reasons. They're going to feel like they were tricked. They're going to feel like, wait a second, why did I click on this? This, this isn't what I was looking for. And then the person's going to bounce. Ultimately, at the end of the day, the YouTube AI can only deem if content is valuable or not by measuring uh, a user's engagement or uh, dwell time. It's also called dwell time or watch time, how much time they're, 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 how sticky the content is, if, if you will. Uh, so yeah, we got to talk about YouTube thumbnails and I'm sharing my screen here because I want, I want people to see where, where our thumbnails are right now. And we have lots of room to, to improve. <laughs> I'd love for you to break down some of the stuff that Jay's talking about in this Twitter thread. I think it's very interesting. 
Yeah, let's do it. This So Jay Alto, what does he say here? What do all of these thumbnails have in common? They've all been designed by Venture PSD. And I, I, I'll admit that I didn't actually, wasn't familiar with Venture PSD until I saw this this thread that uh, Matt flagged for us. So uh, Jay Alto got to ask Venture PSD these four questions and he didn't disappoint. Number one, how did you learn how to design uh, thumbnails? Uh, and uh, Venture PSD basically responded with like, I'm t entirely self-taught. Specific thumbnail tutorials on YouTube are pretty rare. Uh, they're not impossible to find. I've found some pretty good thumbnail uh, tutorials on YouTube. And at, But at the end of the day, he learned by doing. Uh, I've been fascinated by design since I was 13. I made thousands of rubbish designs before they started to look good. I love this feedback because this just comes back to best practices as far as putting the reps in. You got to put the reps in. You People learn by doing. We're all wired a certain way. And it's it's not like... Uh, this is what I got to say. Everyone, whether you're a graphic designer or a video editor or a content creator, you got to be willing to go through the suck phase. You got to be willing to suck before you can actually become the master, right? You got to be the Padawan learner before you become the Jedi master. Yes, I'm a geek. Uh, any response on uh, to that there, Matt, before we move on to the next tip? No, I completely agree. I just want to throw out, I just while you're reading that, I remembered that uh, my son has got a YouTube channel. It's called Super Epic Mr. Marcus. And I just got him designing his own thumbnails. So oh, you nice. can see the first, you know, 50 or so videos, I designed it. And now you can see his new thumbnail. I mean, six years old. I'm teaching him how to design these using Keynote on his iPad. And I'm just so proud of him. And he's getting better. So if you guys want to see what a six-year-old can do, you know, <laughs> check out his channel. Super epic, Mr. Marcus. I told Andrew before, all the good ones I designed, the crappy ones are his. Just <laughs> so we're uh, on the right page here on, on my design skills versus his. But at six years old, getting started, I'm sure by the time, you know, he's, you know, 13 or so, you know, he'll be rocking. Oh, he'll, he'll be putting in the reps in, and <laughs> I, I think. Have to, have to give him a shout out. <laughs> that, oh, no, yeah, good on you. And I, I couldn't be more proud of uh, a young content creator. I mean, you're, you're definitely starting your son out on the right foot there. That's awesome. That's really awesome. Um, so, yeah, the next uh, tip here that Jay also shares is what design tips would you give to creators? Number one, layout. Work out a good layout before you start. Think about your target audience and why they would click. Always ask yourself, give someone a reason to click. And, ult and they're probably going to cover this later on in another tip. But on ultimately, when it comes to layout, you're looking for like a, a, a more, more often than not, you're looking for a simple layout. Because if the eye is confused and you don't, the, per the end user doesn't know where to look because it's a really busy image you're much more likely to lose that person, right? Assets, take photos that are, are as interesting or exaggerated as possible. Spending time taking unique photos really pays off. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, great. Uh, what's the, the old saying? Good is great, but uh, different is better. And, uh, and that's because not only are you competing with someone's cell phone, because a cell phone is definitely competing for their attention. You're competing with their dog and their kids and their spouse, and you're trying to vie for their attention, right? And then ultimately, when they're on their, on their YouTube, on their mobile device or their laptop, they're going to see other thumbnails that your thumbnail is surrounded by. So give them a reason to click on yours and ignore everything else. This is something that people often, unfortunately, thumbnails tend to be like an afterthought. And uh, it's like someone's, uh, you know, they're, you're, you're making the content, you're editing the content, you're uploading it to YouTube, you're optimizing it. And there's in that last moment, you're like, oh, we need a thumbnail. And then you just go ahead and take a quick screenshot of uh, from the video or you you basically, you know, pardon the language, you know, let's bleep this out. You have the effort. And uh, and unfortunately, when you when you 
put in less than ideal effort on this aspect that is so vital, so important, then yeah, you can't really rely on just blowing it out of the park or getting incredible results on YouTube when when the uh, the thumbnail is such a huge part. We're not saying that you absolutely have to make the thumbnail before the video. Some content creators have a lot of success making the thumbnail before the video. Others find a lot of success making the thumbnail after the video. Matt talked about at the beginning of this that uh, me and him are going to create um, uh, an entire library archive of images of both of us just making different facial expressions. That's one strategy that YouTubers deploy. Another strategy is they just take a screen grab from the, the video itself. That's possible, but you really do need to rely on high, high quality production gear in order for your uh, graphic designer to capture an image that is going to be super clickable. Why is that the case? Because a video editor, or sorry, excuse me, a, a graphic designer will oftentimes have to zoom in on you, which will further degrade the image and make you even look more blurry and, and pixelated. Ultimately, in the foreground, you want you you. Everything in the foreground should be crisp and clear and colorful and I like just super, super att attention grabby. Grabby? Is that a attention grabby? Is that a term? Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. And then, uh, and then everything in the background should be washed out or blurry or, or, um, uh, not in focus and, and uh, just more opaque, right? But uh, but yeah, it, it definitely deserves your attention. So, um, yeah, Matt, did you I remember some old school on? data on, on, um, on Facebook, where they used to say faces, food, and animals would get the most yes. engagement. And I remember I used to teach that back in when I used to teach Facebook classes. It was like Facebook, food, and animals. So I wonder if there's some data like that from YouTube around thumbnails. Have they ever talked about that? Have you seen anything like that? They have. And more specifically, they actually do weigh heavily on faces. However, there's yeah. a caveat to that. Like if you are a product review YouTube channel or uh, 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 perhaps this is obvious, but if you're like an animal YouTube channel or a pet YouTube channel, then uh, putting faces on your thumbnails just are not going to be as applicable. Uh, you're going to mm -hmm. want, if you're uh, uh, like MKBHD or Think Media or any of those tech review channels, uh, gear review channels, they're going to have a picture of the camera, the webcam, the uh, the laptop, right, right. the camera, the the car. Yeah, uh, you're not going to. It doesn't make sense to put a face on the on the on the thumbnail. So it it is a like we're here, we're talking about like which creator makes the best thumbnails. And really, it, it like I'm going to give the answer that everybody hates that every good marketer provides. It depends. It just depends. It depends gotcha. on your audience. It depends on what they're looking for. It depends on uh, your industry, your vertical, and what uh, is going to be deemed the most clickable. But I to totally agree. Uh, people, pets, and food are definitely the most clickable images. So if you're, if you're a brand new YouTuber and you're watching this right now, you can't go wrong if you just start with the, those three options and then pare it down from there depending on the kind of content you're making what's this uh camera raw i see this part of the tweet it says use the camera raw tool to improve your color correction what's camera raw yeah camera right. raw so i'm not <laughs> i need to preface this i'm not a professional photographer or a videographer but i work with a lot of uh video editor professional video editors and whatnot and the the camera my understanding is that the camera raw tool means that the the camera that you're capturing the content with is not imposing any kind of filter or um, editing aspect to it when you capture the the content you want the content to be captured in its most raw form so that the graphic designer will have more flexibility on the back end when it when it comes time to them actually to develop the image yeah and what do you think about this contrast? I've actually never seen this diagram before where it's showing if your primary color is yellow, then your complementary color is purple. If your primary color is blue, complementary is orange. I've never yeah. seen this before. Do you use this? Yeah, or? yeah this, is, this is a huge subject. Daryl Eves goes deep into this in his book, The YouTube Formula. Oh, this, is, this is huge. Uh, what I learned from Daryl Eves actually is the fact that uh, 
the color uh, scheme that you use, the color um, strategy actually contributes up to 90% of the end user's decision-making process. And that just blew me away when I realized that. So uh, yeah, you want to use colors that are complementary to one another. I mean, I think this goes with the pretty self-explanatory. If you put white text on top of a gray background, it's going to be really hard to read the text, right? Now, Mm -hmm. a a huge tip that I learned from Daryl Eves that I need to share with, uh, with you right now, uh, is for the, the, if you want to really get dialed with your, your color coordination and your color strategy, a really great resource that a lot of people don't, uh, don't uh, fully leverage is sports teams because sports teams have literally invested tons of money and effort and resources to go through all of this color psychology stuff. And they've done the hard work with regards to finding which uh, colors look really good with other colors, supporting colors. So if you already have a good sense of a primary color that you want to associate with your brand, well, go find a sports team that is using a very similar color and see what kind of supporting colors they're using in their branding, because that will point in the right direction. It's a really great uh, tool, and too many people don't put enough effort into the, uh, the the color psychology side of things. I mean, Matt, you've got a very, very specific blue uh, that you use uh, with WebFriendly. And uh, one of your supporting colors is obviously white. And it really pops on any digital medium, any device. And you'll see that a lot of people in thumbnails, what they'll do is they'll over-exaggerate their colors too, right? So when a graphic designer is finally done doing their job, what I typically provide is in, in best practices and good guidance for graphic designers. Because just because you're an amazing graphic designer doesn't mean you're immediately going to be an amazing thumbnail uh, designer. They really are. They really are different games. So what I typically recommend the graphic designers that I work with is when you're done making the image, increase the sharpness, the contrast, and the um, uh, what's the third one? The sharpness, the contrast. Oh, there's a third element there. And I totally, I'm spacing on it right now. Increase all of those elements by 20%. And when you get to that point where you're looking at the image and you're almost thinking, Ooh, that looks a little too much. It's probably perfect because mm. why most people consume YouTube content on their mobile devices. And you want that tiny, tiny little image to pop on a tiny little screen. So yeah, that's how important color is. Do you think is. that we should be incorporating orange? into our thumbnails because where our primary color is blue and according to this chart complementary color would be orange yeah do you think that we should do some of that yeah that's not a bad idea at all actually that's something that we should definitely be talking to the uh, the graphic designer about yeah i completely let's try it out now, now i'm looking at this chart be. and i'm thinking i had a designer just working on my on my on my website and uh and he was actually using some orange and some of the tags and stuff like that so i think that's interesting so let's skip ahead just for time because i know the story um we can go really deep we could do a whole episode on this but um just real quick um gialto talks about or i guess he's interviewing um uh, venture he uses a tool called thumbsup.tv to be able to preview what your thumbnail is going to look like uh, on youtube i did notice when i was making thumbnails for uh, marcus's channel that especially on mobile, the time, the timestamp for your video is on the bottom right corner. And I realized that when I put stuff in the bottom right corner, it didn't show up uh, very well on mobile. So I remember to just kind of, it's good to preview it so you can see kind of what it's going to look like when it's actually on YouTube. Um, just wrapping up here, any other points you want to, um, you want to, you want to throw out? Um, no, just the, like uh, you, on the thumbnails. Just like you said, Matt, we could easily do an entire 
episode just on this subject because it's so overlooked and it's 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 100 I'll, I'll i'll make this statement it's the most underutilized aspect of youtube marketing 90 percent of the youtube channels that i'm out there uh, doing an audit for or assessing uh, the first thing i'm recommending that the content creator does is just start following best practices for their thumbnail that one change will will likely be uh, enough to to get your channel um off of that plateau if you're stuck or you're not seeing the growth that you know that you can that you can generate uh, because you're creating great content, right? But uh, you need to give people a reason to click. That's the last thing. Yeah. All right. For all the digital marketers out there that are familiar with the concept of funnel hacking. So funnel hacking is when you want to build a funnel, you find someone else who has maybe a similar funnel or even in a completely different industry and you model their funnel, right? So if they have a video at the top, you have a video at the top and they have testimonials right below that, you have testimonials below that. And that's how you can create the framework for your funnel. Same thing is with thumbnails. When I was making thumbnails for Marcus's channel, um, I actually looked up what uh, font Mr. Beast was using. It's called Oblex Pro, I think. And I downloaded that off of, uh, I think it was like Font Awesome or something like that. Put it into Keynote and I started using that. And I was, and I saw he would have his picture, for example, on the left and then like an object on the right. And then I, you know, I was kind of just modeling that, playing with it. So when you're, you know, doing this, if you're not, if you're not a designer or whatever, look at, it doesn't even have to be a channel within your industry. It could be a completely different industry, but mm -hmm. if there's thumbnails that really pop to you, um, you can model that. I'm not saying copy them. You're not going to take their images, stuff like that. Right. But you can really, you can model that. And that's kind of like a quick cheat, but knowing this, to me, the big thing that I learned out of this thread was this, uh, the complementary colors to me, that's yeah. that that I did not, I was not aware of which colors complement which. I do know to have two colors that, you know, can, can pop, but I didn't know there was actually like a chart for this. Um, I was unaware. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And just to wrap this up, I mean, success leaves clues, like Matt was saying, you don't want to copy anyone uh, blatantly, uh, but you're, you're going to want to follow this, this uh, venture PSD or venture person on um, Twitter. Then we also, uh, another example I'm sharing my screen here right now is A. Amir, I don't know, or A. Amir. I don't know if that's how uh, uh, the name he goes by, but this is another one that I found that does an uh, amazing thumbnail work. And then finally, the last thing that I want to mention is Roberto Blake. Okay. He is easily one of the most successful YouTubers that I've been consuming content from for ages. And uh, believe it or not, he actually got his start out as a graphic designer. So he is still doing his own thumbnails to today, but he's got a very unique perspective that I like to pay close attention to because he was a traditional graphic designer before exploding and, and creating uh, just an amazing amount of success on YouTube. So he's got the YouTube perspective and, and the graphic designer perspective. So take a look at his thumbnails too, to get you some, some, some ideas on how you need to uh, up, up the level of uh, the game that you're using on your uh, thumbnails and by the time uh, matt you and i are watching this video a year from now i suspect our own thumbnail game will be a lot better i want to see some uh, some legit thumbnails on our next round oh yeah oh yeah i want, I want something to be an orange we're, <laughs> <an> orange. <laughs> we're gonna be raising all our right game. Mo 